All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. This is a Web Canopy Studio production. is proud of the Blackhawks. The Blackhawks are a team, so today is the Chicago Blackhawks Day across all of Illinois. We're so proud of our Stanley Cup champions. I'm so proud of our team. I'm so proud of the fans. You guys supported us all year long, and you made this an incredible place to play. I'll never forget this moment. Thank you. Welcome, everybody, to the finale episode five of this fantastic five-part series one goal one goal for the 2010 stanley cup champion chicago blackhawks tim how are you feeling my man i'm emotionally exhausted what a roller coaster i have never been so invested in, in another team stanley cup run besides my my hometown bruins so i i feel like i've been just living the ups and downs of this whole run and to win it all in the way that they did is just it's incredible I've seen parades before in my life, championship parades, 4th of July parades. I've seen them. I've been a part of them. When I saw the parade that was put on for the Chicago Blackhawks after they won the 2010 Stanley Cup championship, I was blown away. Like when you expect people to show up to a parade, you expect maybe 10,000, 20,000, maybe 100,000. They had millions of people at this parade. Can you even wrap your head around what a million people looks like? I can't. I can't like, even imagine it. It's it's absolutely just overwhelming to think about. It's crazy. It's I'm like I I I don't know. I, I can't I can't even fathom it. So let's talk to a guy who was on one of the floats. Soupy, my man, Mr. Campbell's soup, Brian Campbell. He's on one of the floats. He's enjoying the parade. Let's talk to Soupy and get his take on this whole this whole experience. Soupy. So you win the cup, just give us, paint the picture of Chicago. We haven't really asked anybody this, what the, what the fanfare was like going back to Chicago. What was that plane ride like? So that plane ride was, uh, you know what, that one in the locker room, it was fun. After that plane ride was like, 
we're all excited, but we're all just kind of like walking around the plane and obviously crushing some beers. And it wasn't like total chaos because it was almost like that was the first time after the game that we could just like kind of like breathe and like have a conversation with somebody next to you about whatever and the game and everything. So that was the most enjoyable kind of moment of the whole thing. I still like, you remember guys buckling the Stanley cup into the seats and, you know, but we weren't crushing, we weren't drinking beers out of the cup on the plane. I, I don't know if that would work, especially for a six foot eight guy to uh, be able to, you have to be on your, uh, you have to be on your back. On my on back. Yeah, exactly. So that was great. And then once we got to Chicago, you just couldn't believe it. It was like four in the morning and there's fire trucks out there and tons of people. And then it was just like, wow, this is, this is chaos. And it just didn't stop from there. That's amazing. And the, the parade, the whole thing, was it, was it just surreal being out there having all these people kind of celebrating you? Yeah. The, I was so hung for the parade. Soupy. So, not I you. So terrible. I felt so terrible, but I got, I, I got it through it and got it done. But uh, yeah, I think once you kind of, the fans kind of livened you up a little bit and, and you saw everything. So it's like, get back on the train and keep going. But uh, it was, uh, I, you know, I think it was kind of like you just leave the United Center there and you start heading downtown and you're like, oh, there's quite a few people. And then you get real downtown and you see the amount of people that were there and, and the support and down the alleyways. It was crazy. It was, um, um, a friend of mine sent me a video a couple weeks ago and I was just like showing people, I'm like, I was shocked to remember it again and, and showing these people are like, like the amount of people that they had was just insane, um, for that parade. It's gotta be so cool to be on a float, <laughs> holding the Stanley cup, driving past millions of people. Like it's just gotta, is that, a, is that sound right? Millions of people. It doesn't it's hard sound. To imagine. I don't know. It just it just doesn't seem real to me. But this guy, like, he lived it. That's so super. He's just such a humble guy too. He's like, oh, it was, it was really fun. It's like, no, it was unbelievable. Like, it's it's got to be one of his best experiences of his whole life. So he deserves to be there. And now the next guy we're going to talk. I flat out asked him how did how how did you get on a float? You're a reporter for the team. How did you end up on a float? But somehow Jesse Rogers got on the float and he's going to tell us his story and he tells the stories that the players maybe won't tell. So let's get Jesse Rogers take on a, how he got on the float and B how it was Jesse. Yeah. So how do you get on a float on this parade? How does that work? Oh, so you did see my video that oh, I tweeted yeah. out. Oh, oh yeah. my God. Okay, John, I've been doing this for 20, 25 years. I'm talking about sports media. The favorite moment, the favorite moment of my career is being on the double-decker player's bus for that parade. And it was like something out of a movie. It really was. It really was. Ticker tape parade, uh, bus down the street, crowds on each side, very close. Uh, I shouldn't say bus, buses, a whole parade of buses, and just the, the, the amount of noise generated outdoors like that was unbelievable. I remember, I have the video of this, of, of interviewing Marion Hossa, but there's no audio. We're drowned out, so it was no good. I couldn't use it. It was amazing. Now, they put us, the Blackhawks, very nice, they put us on the player's bus, but they said 
stay on the lower level. Don't go upstairs <laughs> where the players are. Well, what does Jesse do? He goes upstairs. This is once in a lifetime. I played hockey. I was a hockey fan my whole life. I'm going upstairs to experience this. So I, I run my video camera a couple times. One time I leave it on for a minute and 51 seconds. And that's what I tweeted out on the anniversary a little while ago. And it's my favorite moment and video that I own in, in my career. Um, and, and being you know close to Bufflin and Campbell on that bus, it was just cool to see them experience it. And I cannot tell you how loud it was outdoors traveling down Michigan Avenue and onto Wacker Avenue and just all these fans just it, it was it was an amazing experience the the my my favorite moment of my of my career no kidding yeah it sounds cool i gosh i never got to experience that that sounds unreal so any any closing thoughts on the whole season the whole hawks experience like anything that stands out for you from that team that you want to share real quick yeah what i would say is just the idea of them having to be broken up afterwards now it's it's funny, not funny, but cool that they won two more cups with different teams. Obviously, the core was the same. And I I got very tight with Seabrook and Keith, especially. I haven't even mentioned them. I mean, I, I think those guys are salt to earth. And they would bust my balls all the time. But that's okay. <laughs> that's a hockey locker room, right? I, I figured if they're busting my balls, they must like me, right? They, like they, you, they, yeah. they would just not talk to me otherwise. So, I, so Keith and Seabrook, Taves and Kane, Hosa, um, you know, Jarmelson a little bit. But – these were these were unbelievable guys, and they they led the group in, in thirteen and fifteen as well. But to go back to ten, uh, that was a special group, and it just I wish they didn't have to break it up. I wish there was no salary cap because they might may have won four or five in a row. I mean, it's hard to do that, but I still think that two thousand ten team was better than the other championship teams, and. Um, man, I would have liked to see Bufflin in a Blackhawk uniform his, oh, his whole career. Without yeah. a doubt. With you, yeah. You're forgetting like Andrew Ladd and those guys. Like They had an unbelievable oh. team. Yeah. Like, it was stacked from top to bottom. When your yeah, third you're, line is Dave Boland on it, like, give me a break. You're so right. Andrew Ladd, great player. Great player. So um, that, that, that's what I remember. And, and here's the thing, the other thing. When you win it for the first time in 50 years or whatever, that, that to me, that's more special than what comes afterwards. It just – a pure elation and, and to see them grow within that season, like in the coming years, they were Taves had done it. Kane had done it. See, they, you know, they were there, yeah. but to see them grow and I got to do it with the Thank Cubs you. in 2015 and then 16, when they won it all, same thing, eerily, eerily same young core grows together, gets far one year and then takes it to the next level and wins a championship the, the, the next year. So it's like seeing your kids grow up and achieve greatness in front of you. Right. And then when they achieve greatness again, you're like, okay, seen it, then they're done that. So yeah. I, I guess that's, that's I just, I, I feel I was so lucky to see it emerge. And that's what it did. These, are, these were babies, John, you know that. And yep. it's not easy to win at that age. A couple of veterans, obviously, John Madden and, and, and Hosa help. But when you're talking about, uh, how old was Taves, 23, 24? He was 22, I mean, 23. Kaner was 21. Come on. Yeah, it was come unbelievable. On. So that to me is, is what stands out, how they did it with this youthful enthusiasm and unfortunately had to be broken up. As good as those other teams were, I would have liked to have seen this team stick together. Yeah, I think we all would have. But, you know, say la vie. But anyways, Jesse, man, I don't want to take up any more of your time. I know you're busy. You probably got a couple conference calls to get to and stuff <laughs> like that. You're just so busy. But I appreciate a, you jumping on, man. That's a good busy thing to say. I got a conference call, right? That yeah, makes you sound important. 
It, not really. My wife's just nagging on me. That's all. No, you got to go make else. some dinner. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, John, great talking to you. I loved it. I really love going down memory lane with you. We'll be right back with more One Goal on Dropping the Gloves. This series is brought to you by Manscaped, the best grooming tool out there. They offer precision engineered tools for you. They have obsessed over their technology, their developments to provide you with the absolute best tools for your grooming. Now you want to talk about grooming. I have a large body to groom. And when I say large, I mean from top to bottom. And this tool, I got it a few weeks back. It is a game changer. I used to have the old school that just you could hear from three towns over. It was so loud. This one is super quiet. It trims my ears, the insides, the outsides, the back. I have hair all over my ears. It gets my neck nice and clean, my shoulders, my chest. Like it is a game changer when it comes to cleaning yourself up. I, I came out of the room the other day after cleaning myself up. My wife said, John, whoa, what's different? Like, hey, what, am, what can I say? Manscaped, they hooked me up. Not only did I look good, but Manscaped, in order for me to look good, they spent the last 18 months developing the perfect tool and they named it the Lawnmower 3.0. Let me tell you about this little tool. It has a ceramic blade to reduce cuts, which is huge. I, I, I don't know about you, but every time I'm done grooming, I have little nicks and cuts all over my body. So just that in itself, you had me, you had me at hello. But it, in addition to that, they have a battery that lasts up to 90 minutes. When I'm on the road doing an event or when I played, I would be in the middle of shaving my beard and my buzzer would crap out. And I'd be like, what do I do? I don't have anything else. I don't have a charger. Like how, how do I get out of this situation? If I would have had a tool that lasts 90 minutes, I would have never had that issue. In addition to that, it's water resistant. You could bring it in the shower, get your hair nice and soft and malleable, it just cuts it right off. They have an LED light so you can see what you're doing. The motor is 7,000 RPMs. That's insane, that's like a motorbike. It has a cool little charging stand. You throw it on the countertop, it looks like a piece of art. Everyone's like, what is that thing? It's like, oh, it's my grooming tool, no big deal. All that, and then guess what? You don't even have to pay full price for this thing. If you go to manscaped.com today, you will not only get this great lawnmower 3.0 or whatever else you order, they have so much stuff on their website. You get 20% off and free shipping. Isn't that crazy? Now you only get this if you use promo code JohnScott20. So go to manscaped.com, enter promo code JohnScott20, and you get 20% off, you get free shipping, and as a little bonus, as a little carrot to dangle in front of you animals, because I know you like more and more and more, the first 25 people who use promo code JohnScott, I will personally send you an autographed picture, maybe a hat or a shirt, something cool to kind of spice up this deal a little bit more. If it, are, if it already wasn't hot enough, I'm gonna add a little cayenne pepper in for you. But in order to get that deal, you have to enter promo code JohnScott20 and send me the receipt. Either DM me or email me or use my website. Just get it to me somehow with proof. And the first 25 people that do that, I will personally send you something. Myself, I will write you a little thank you card because this is how much I believe in this product. It's so cool. So let me wrap this up. You go to manscaped.com. You order something. You use promo code JohnScott20. You get 20% off your whole order. You get free shipping. When you're done with that, you shoot me the receipt that says you use my promo code. I will personally send you something. Me, myself, me, John Scott. You just give me your address, give me the receipt, and I'll send it wherever you are in the whole world. That's a guarantee. The first 25 people. So do it quick because I guarantee you after this episode, there will be hundreds of people trying to get this little gifty poo in this lawnmower 3.0. So anyways, go to manscaped.com and use promo code John Scott 20 to get yourself a sweet little gift. Cheers, everybody.
talk about lucky, right? Like the guy's not even on the team. His name's not going to be on the cup. He doesn't get a day with the cup. He gets to party with the Stanley Cup winning team. Like that's, that's pretty cool. Like that's one of those things you check off your bucket list that was never on your bucket list. Like that's, a, I'm, I'm so glad I'm there moments. Like Tim, can you imagine partying with the Bruins after they won the cup? I can't imagine. I would have given anything to do it though. No, I'm sure you would. What would you have given Tim? Let's be honest. What would you have uh, I, given? I was in college at that point, so I had no money, but I for sure would have given what I had. A finger? No. no a, come toe, on. A, a toe? Maybe a toe. Maybe. You would have given a toe to party with the Bruins after the cup. I would think about it. I probably would have too. If I, if I never was involved in hockey and I got that opportunity, I probably would have given up a toe in college. For sure. Toes are useless. So anyways, <laughs> talk to Jesse, talk to Soupy. Well, let's talk to the architect himself. And we'll talk about the parade and this and that. But also what's really cool when we talk to Q is just how much the city of Chicago meant to him. Not just like supporting the team, but just him and everything. So anyways, I don't want to give away the interview. Let's talk to Q and listen to him talk. Like he's just so deep. He really is. It's such a pleasure to listen to him speak. I'm going to, anyways, Coach Q, take it away, my man. There's a lot of fun situations. We had some ups and downs. But this is by far the greatest experience, the greatest thing we did all year was right now. This parade is all over the top. Wow. Thank you, Chicago. Yeah, so when you get back to Chicago, what's the vibe in the city? Because that city hadn't had a championship in forever. Could you just feel the love? The, was there people waiting for the plane? The parade had millions of people. Can you just describe that a little bit? It was unbelievable. You know, we get off the plane, or we're on the plane, and uh, you get the salute with the the water with the with the fire fire engines. They got about ten of them, and they're spraying the the plane. And we get off. We we go to uh, State Place, and we're having families there. We meet the family because their plane was a little later. Uh, then we go, and then you're out all night, and then the next day, <laughs> and then the next day. But I'm going to say the first parade after that season was the greatest excitement. I've, I've never seen anything like it. Uh, many people that were, they could say there was three million, how many million there was, that could have been more than that. I don't know. But I've never seen more people in my life excited, genuinely excited. Um, and the parade route was a little bit slower and you're part of it and you're in the middle of it all. And you got to share that experience with uh, your fans. That was, to me, the highlight of all the perks that come along with winning a championship. And that was one memory that kind of stood out. I always ask people this, and it's, it's a strange question. Do you think you made any mistakes as a coach during that playoff run? Was there anything you would have done differently? Um, you know, I, you get uh, sometimes, and I don't even, I, I, I don't even, they don't jump out at me right now, that, but uh, Sometimes there's always, you always second guess yourself about, uh, you know, I shouldn't address that. Like I, I, I should have, I made a mistake, you know, should have went with that guy, and, you know, and maybe, maybe that was one of the guys that, you know, the guys like a little bit more and I, and I took him out of the lineup and maybe, maybe they're pissed off at me or whatever. So, you know, you want to make sure that, uh, you know, we got their best interest at the same time with the best interest of the guys are. Um, but I mean, there's a million decisions that we have to make in between games as far as those personnel moves, um, on the, on the bench, who's on the ice, who's not on the ice. I'm sure I make plenty of those every game. 
Um, but you know, you think you, you got your gut tells you what to do. Um, but it's, there's, if you think everything you do is right, you got no chance of having success in this game. Yeah. Well, listen, I, I still stand by my answer. You're my favorite coach. I enjoyed playing for you. I think you coached the right way where you coach the players and you just kind of adapt with the team, team that you have. I, I, I truly believe that. So listen, I, I appreciate you doing this Q. It was a blast. My pleasure, John. It was and so fun. You're actually one of my favorite guys to coach. Okay. Oh, you always because you'd be, you know, you there, you had that look on your face. You need, you know, you were, you never complained. And some nights you play a little, sometimes you play a little more, but uh, you're, you know, you know what you had to do and you knew your role and you accepted it. I didn't want to complain. I was just lucky to be there. So yeah, I wasn't going to bitch and moan about that. So yeah, yeah. you were a good coach. One, my thing man. coach. one thing as a coach, you respect every guy because everybody wants to play more. And I understand that. And it gets complicated once you're in the playoffs because all of a sudden, you know, you got 24, five, six guys around and they want to play. And, and, and it's almost like, you know, you'd like to incorporate everybody. And then, you know, you got to win and you don't want to change your lineup and you got a lot of decisions to make and you want to keep those guys excited about being in that situation and not, uh, you know, not bringing any negativity into the group. And I always find that bringing that balance into the situation is, is an important piece and, 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 and finding that, uh, that way where there's a balance with those, that group, equally important to keeping the, the chemistry of the team high. Well, I think honesty is huge. And this is where I think you excelled and most coaches, I don't want to say fail, but they struggle with it. You told me straight up, like, listen, we're probably not going to use you for the next three, four games, but stay sharp. We're going to need you down the stretch. Like just having those honest conversations gets you through the three, four, seven, eight games. I don't play in a row. And that's huge. Like when you know a coach is just giving it to you straight, not just blowing smoke up your behind, like, Oh yeah, you're going to play next game. And it never happens. So I really appreciated that side of the thing. Well, I always felt that uh, guys that didn't play, uh, I would always tell them morning of the game that uh, you're not playing. Um, when it's new to them, you usually give them a reason. As it's all of a sudden, it's the same guy for a while. You know, they, you know there's nothing to tell them. Um, and it's almost like, okay, they want to hear something. And it's like, I'm not going to dream up something. So, you know, you're, you're not playing today. You know, that's that sometimes there's some, some tough situations. We have to make some tough decisions and there's always call-ups and there's some sending downs and there's some things like that that go on along with those type of decisions. But, uh, Hey, that's the, that's the way it is. It's a tough business and we do make some tough decisions and I got a lot of respect to, uh, what the guys want. They all want to play and they all want to play more and they all want to be in a part. Coach Q, love that guy. I'm sad we're not going to get to talk to him anymore. The series is over. I'm going to miss our talks. I just, I did cherish them. He's just such a nice guy to talk to. Speaking of nice guys, let's, let's talk to Dave Bowley. The guy who, if you're going to talk, I know, I know Taves won the MVP. Kaner put up a bunch of points. The next most important person throughout this playoff run had to be Dave Boland. He locked down every team's top guys. Joe Thornton struggled. The Sedin struggled. Like he arguably won those series by shutting those guys down. So he's, and like Coach Q said, probably one of the most important guys on this team. Let's, let's get his take on the big win, the celebration, what he did, what he thought, this and that, blah, blah, blah. Dave Bowen, what, what's up, man? 
what's that like winning your first cup? What's the, what's the vibe like in the city? How fun was that as you kind of validating yourself, the team? Just give us that kind of backstory there behind the scenes. Look, well, I don't think we really knew. Like I, I thought like, we were like, Oh, this is going to be great. It's going to be fun. We just want to stay on the cup and blah, blah, blah. And we get back and like, we roll back into Chicago and like, we can't even get off the plane. The tarmac is packed. We've got, uh, we've got the, um, fire trucks throwing water on us. Uh, we go back, we party, we went to the pony we have a big party. We have helicopters out front trying to, it's like, I was like, Holy, like what is going on here? Like we just won the Stanley cup, but, and then we get to the parade and like going down, I think it was Washington street and people throwing confetti. And there was probably, almost, there was probably to say about a million, million and a half people there. Uh, and like, every side street was packed like you couldn't see through like it was unbelievable people throwing beers like it was it was probably one of the biggest moments of our lives and like just to see like the Chicago fans come out and support us and and everything but uh but then once we got to the podium like it was packed it was right in front of you know where the bridge you know where the bridge is where the where uh where you go over Michigan Ave there yeah yeah, the yeah 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 so that's where the that's where the bridge was and uh the the uh the people the line of people going back was went all the way back to like Millennium Park it was Crazy. huge so like it was unbelievable but uh it, it was probably one of the greatest moments of my life and to do it in Chicago and to be with Chicago was was incredible all right that was that was a lot that was a lot of work and I I'm glad we did it because that was a that was a great great series we put on. Kudos to you, Tim. Good work. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And that was a lot of fun. Thank you to everybody for being a part of it. Caner, Bully, Soupy, Bix. Four episodes ago, my man Bix, Coach Q, Jesse Rogers, like they really did do a great job. They didn't give you the cookie cutter interviews. They really did kind of give us great stories, great insight. I, I was super super happy with how this series turned out. So they win the cup. You're on, you're on cloud nine and you have to regroup right away. When you win the cup, you're, you're done playing in the middle of summer. You have to kind of regroup right away for camp in August and September. So salary cap, Tim, this team gets decimated. Like I'm not talking a few guys. I'm talking their whole team gets decimated. They're losing guys who left this team, Dustin Bufflin, Chris Fertigue, Andrew Ladd, Brent Sopel, Ben Eager, John Madden, Adam Burrish, all of these guys left the team. Anti Niemi. Like, that's a mass exodus of players. What do you do? You still have the core. What do you do to win the cup the next season, Tim? Well, I mean, you're, you're kind of cap struck now, right? So I mean, you can bring in some players and hopefully the next round of prospects or, you know, second, third line players can kind of step up. I tell you what they did right. What did they do right? They signed the big rig. Yours truly, John Scott. I'll tell you a funny story. When I, when I first called them, or they called me, sorry, during free agency, because I was talking to a few other teams, I was honestly about to put ink to paper with the Edmonton Oilers. And then the Hawks called at the last minute. I, I had a contract on the table for three years from the Oilers. I think it was eight, 900 grand a year. It was big money. And the Hawks called and they said, hey, we want you to come in and fill a void. Dustin Bufflin is leaving. We can't afford him. We want you to fill that void for Dustin Bufflin. And my, my eyes just bulged out of my head. I'm like, what? They're like, yeah, he was a D man. We kind of 
transition him to forward. We need a big body. We need a guy to play up front. And I was like, whoa, like, are you serious? And my mind just started racing. I'm like Stanley Cup parade, Stanley Cup title. And I, and I hung up the phone. I had a conversation with my agent, my wife. I'm like, should we go to Edmonton, who was the last place team in the league? Or do we go to the Chicago Blackhawks, who just won the Cup, and we have a chance to be on a Stanley Cup winning team? The money was less. The term was less. I think it was two years. I was going to get 700 maybe 750 I can't remember. And I was like, what do we do? And like Edmonton's my hometown. Do I go to rebuilding team with young, young players? I think they had just gotten Taylor Hall. Like they were still in their infancy. And I was like, what do we do? And I, and I just said, I want to win. Like, let's go to the Hawks. You know, let's, let's, let's throw the money away and let's go for the Hawks. And I, and I, and I went and people tell me all the time, like, oh, well, you're the reason why the Hawks didn't win the cup, this and that. They don't tell me that all the time. But when you read articles, you're like, they didn't have the depth. And that's just because they couldn't afford the depth. Like they hit kind of lightning in the bottle during that year and it was it's hard to duplicate that you can't replace an Andrew Ladd like you you can't you can't replace a Dustin Bufflin those guys are so good and they had him for such a good contract like it just wasn't possible so I went in there I did my best we had a good team we 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 did well but it just it just wasn't the same kind of vibe we lost to Vancouver in the first round in seven games they were the number one team in the league we were sliding into the playoffs in the eighth seed but we gave them a scare. We gave them a heck of a scare. They went up 3 nothing. We battled back to tie it 3-3. And Coach Q, for some reason, did not play me in that game seven. But he played me in game four, five, and six. We won all three. One of Coach Q's few coaching mistakes. But anyways, we lost that game seven in overtime. Are you kidding me? In overtime. So anyways, I think the Hawks figured it out. They ended up winning two more cups in the years following. And uh, they're doing pretty well. Don't you think, Tim? They did. I mean, you could you could make the case, and I think you'd have a strong case. They were the best the best uh, team of the 2010 decade with three cups in uh, six years. So yeah, I think they they turned out okay. It's a too bad they didn't win while you were there because it would have been nice to have that ring. But oh, they won the year before and the year after. I was just <laughs> like, come on. And it's like tough guys don't play in the playoffs. I was like, come on, you guys, can't yeah. you just throw me a ring? But anyways, that was a lot of fun, Tim. All right, so. I'm glad we got all the support. We got a lot of good feedback. I, I'm, I really, really appreciate all the listeners. And uh, hopefully we get to do more good stuff like this. So anyways, this is John and Tim dropping the gloves, signing off. And we'll see you next time. Cheers. Cheers.